The Athletic. Welcome to From the Rookery End, a podcast all about a life following Watford Football Club, brought to you by The Athletic. We're outside St Mary's. My name's John, with me is Mike. Good afternoon. Is it afternoon? Yeah, just about. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we're quite early. We came on the Junior Hornets bus. Amazing, yeah. And tremendous it was as well. Yeah. We, were, we were accompanied by um, Junior Hornets royalty, Anne Swanson, there to greet us. And not just us, greeting absolutely everyone there. Force of nature, isn't she? An absolute pleasure and a privilege to to travel with her it's uh yeah really good fun so far yeah we've uh, yeah, much more relaxing than getting the car first time i've been on a bus and a coach to a game since i went with Anne back in the uh, the late 80s um but it's a uh, it's early, an early-ish kickoff uh, and the whole family here eli's here florence is here moaning um uh, going on about how i've had more f- views on tiktok than she has and it really grates her um it's quite fun but what was quite grating though, Michael, was yes. Watford losing on Thursday away yeah. at Wolverhampton yeah. Wanderers. The worst? Well, look, it wasn't the worst. And, and I certainly think there was a lot of people resigned to probably picking not much up from, from Molyneux. But uh, speaking to a few people before the game, there were fears, uh, neutral people or people from a Wolves persuasion, they were slightly worried that... Wolves weren't in great shape themselves, were struggling to, to score, tr- struggling to make their formation work for them. Just in bad form, really, and not really that confident at all, despite who they were facing, us. Um, and, you know, we, me and my brother were talking about it. We, made the, we, did, we did discuss whether we make a last-minute last minute dash up to Wolves. We made the decision not to in the end. And we said, well, if there's any team that needs that's good at kick-starting another team's run of bad form, it's, it's Watford. And obviously we say it's slightly tongue-in-cheek, but yeah, after, what, 20 minutes, we'd done exactly that. Wolves had a cigar on, and it was, it was, it was game over. It was, I mean, what, it's hard work watching Watford this season, um, so it's not a surprise we lost. It's a surprise, and it's disappointing the nature in which we lost. Yeah. It was over so quickly. Well, we gave it to them almost. Yeah. I think that was the worst, worst thing about yeah. it. It wasn't just a, a bad performance, it was... You know, an own goal and a terrible mistake from Ben. It's like we're gifting it to them when actually we could probably put a bit more, more fight. You never know. Maybe if those goals hadn't gone in, we would have been all right. You just don't know, do you? No. Because, I mean, and then the frustrating thing is that under Roy Hodgson, you know, we, we, we talk about how, the, how he sets up the pragmatic style of play and we kind of, well, some of us or some people can swallow that as long as it translates itself into being tough to beat. And if you're going to play like Watford play under Roy Hodgson or anyone plays under Roy Hodgson, you have to make yourself tough to beat. We didn't do that against Wolves for whatever reason. Whether you know, so Look, you have to face sometimes you have off days where everything goes against you and that was clearly one of them. There was an own goal, a ca- catastrophic mistake by Foster. You know, nine times out of ten, neither of those things probably, probably happen. And when things go against you, they go against you. But just so dispiriting wasn't it just uh, just more mistakes heaped on top of the existing misery and I think we've probably got away with it to a degree because there's just no expectation and I think people have moved on from it quite quickly well I actually got to the point where I'd forgotten about the game I'm so looking forward to coming on the coach with Anne today and coming to this game because Eli's here as well and he's a first away game I'm so excited about that I actually completely forgot about the Wolves game until I think late uh, on Wednesday thinking oh it's tomorrow oh yeah it's tomorrow I mean we've been quite 
flippant about it. Yeah, but they—they let us down is a is a is a probably a strong and, and a slightly reductive phrase. Not good enough, yeah. really, to throw in a performance like that when everyone who's not involved with Watford keeps saying, "Oh, you're still only three, four points away from it. A couple of wins, and you're you're, you're back in the the hunt." And it's like, well, yeah. We are allowed not to believe it as as, yeah. as supporters, and I have reflected on the on the tone of the podcast over the last three or four weeks. Really, have been we, we've been quite not down, but sort of quite philosophical, shall we say? But actually, the players need to be better. The players need to be working harder to make something of this season. We're allowed to sort of roll our eyes and, and say, "Well, things aren't looking great," and and almost feel like we've we've given up a little bit. But the players aren't hmm. because and I, I, my bit about that is. You know, where everyone's sort of saying, oh, it's ridiculous, we need to win, we need to stay up. You know, it's almost like this is, if we don't stay up, the club's over. Well, I've been, there's been another season, every year I've been a Watford fan. I suppose that's one thing I do want from this Watford team, is to put performances in, to build yeah. on something that will be ready for next year, rather than saying, oh, let's just get through these last 10 games and we'll, we'll completely start from scratch in the summer. You want to not start from scratch. The ability to be ahead of, the, ahead of things is what you really, really need to, to see. But what's really interesting... Some of you may have seen this on, on Twitter, but friend of the podcast, uh, Jackie Oakley, the, the first lady and first person ever to give us a bit of props uh, on national radio. Uh, I think it was our first ever game of the season. She was commentating on the Norwich away game and she said we were really rather good. And uh, that stayed with us. Thank you very much, Jackie, for that. But she'd been listening to the podcast uh, for the last, the last few episodes because she was commentating on that Wolves game uh, and did a bit of research by listening in, seeing what we're saying. Um, but she put out a tweet and then we got her to send us her, her views on what she's, from the outside, seeing from this Watford team. I feel really uncomfortable about your situation, which I understand is magnified so many fold for the fans who actually go every week. But I'm particularly concerned, not because the team's losing, but because of the bigger picture. Looking at that match and others and hearing from supporters and seeing what they're saying on social media and in reply to my posts the other day, it just seems really obvious that the current model doesn't seem to be working. The fact that you became the first Premier League team two seasons ago to get rid of three managers within the same season. And now you've had another three managers in this Premier League season and presumably will have another one after the end of the season, if not before, as has been suggested. And I just wonder how on earth players are supposed to feel as though they want to be part of something at the club. And that in turn obviously has a knock-on effect to the fans. How are the fans supposed to feel connected to the players they see on the pitch when the players themselves are feeling as though in the team that I'm playing with a load of other guys who are brought in under different managers I don't know if I'm going to have my services required in the next couple of weeks or beyond the end of the season because they'll presumably bring in another manager who may not fancy me and that as a human being surely is going to have another knock-on effect in terms of do players want to put roots down in the area you have such a, a wonderful catchment Leafy Hertfordshire, it's beautiful. It should be the sort of location whereby it's much easier to attract players than, say, the likes of Sunderland, Newcastle, Middlesbrough and and other parts of the country. You have that advantage and they should want to live in the area. But if you're in the shoes of a player in his mid-20s who has been signed by Watford and has a family, are they going to really want to plan 
for the next few years and beyond and get their kids into local schools. This might not seem the biggest priority to you at the moment, but I'm just thinking, surely you want your players to feel connected to the club so that you can then grow as a unit. And that cohesive unit that you saw at Wolves the other night has been developed over the last few years, initially by Nuno Espirito Santo. And all we hear from people at the club is about how together they are. Yes, they all speak different languages. Yes, there's a core of Portuguese players, but there's no cliques. They're very much a team unit and everybody knows their jobs. And I just wonder how that can possibly be the case at Watford when you have players signed under different managers who presumably have different motivations, different ways of motivating, different ways of playing. And the head coach position has become so dispensable that I don't see how that can be beneficial to a club such as Watford, which is such a community club. And as I said in commentary, the fans are so loyal because it's their local club and they've shunned the opportunity to support shinier clubs down the road that perhaps their schoolmates and other mates have supported with a better chance of winning silverware, apart from Tottenham, obviously. But they're not taking advantage of that. You don't really want to hop back to the Graham Taylor era because we've all had our, our glorious eras of the past. But what would Graham Taylor make of this? If he was commentating for Five Live on that game the other night, what would he have made of that performance that was so soulless, that was so chaotic, that was so random, that was so lacking in belief in what they were doing due to a presumably a variety of reasons that it's just a very sad situation and I really really hope for your sakes that you recruit a manager in the summer presumably you're going to change um, that is given the opportunity to really build something and as a neutral I really wish that for you and I really hope that they can galvanize the players make them feel part of something and of course then that will mean that the fans have an opportunity to really feel connected to their players because despite the fact you have excellent people working for the club that's not in dispute there really does seem to be that lack of the unit the the believing in what you're seeing on the pitch and believing in what the club are trying to do off it in terms of making this a team that you guys can support and making the team greater than the sum of its parts which is surely what it's all about wishing you all the best I've, I do find it fascinating. We all do it. We've all got a mate who supports another club and you always don't know how they're doing or hopefully that you, you know, if you're playing, playing them next, they're playing terribly. But hearing from, from Jackie there, there, was, there were moments where you sort of see about the whole thing she talked about, you know, these players being brought under, you know, all these different managers. And we know, as Watford fans, well, that's not necessarily the truth because these managers don't make the choices. But her looking at that lack of connection was really telling for me that someone from the outside has and can see that connection and even more so how she sort of brought it down to that player level again we all think about from our point of view as fans but she brought it back down to that player level where actually they're not in a position they're never going to be in a headspace if this is the way that we operate to connect with the club and that doesn't just mean coming to junior hornets events it doesn't just mean helping out when there's problems and the, the you know the community stuff it actually means caring is what she means connecting enough to care so it's fascinating and, and lovely that she's lovely that's not quite the word john but you know fascinating that she sort of sees that as well uh looking in on us jackie distilled it down quite nice it's interesting you mentioned john the stuff about the the junior hornets and the and the team and i think 
there's a distinction between club and team, isn't there? And I think that's something that we need to be aware of as we go through this really tricky time. The club is, you know, we talked about the Junior Hornets coach. Obviously, that doesn't apply to everyone. It's not of interest to everyone. But it is indicative of a club that knows what it's doing in terms of community and how it's trying to look after its fans from a club point of view. The team needs to look after the fans as well, which goes back to what I was talking about earlier. But, yeah, Jackie, Jackie was one of the people I spoke to before the game who has said, look, Mike, you're, sort of, you're still in touch. This is still there for you. And I was like, mm. <laughs> And she texted me after the game and went, ah, yeah, I see what you mean. And she sort of distilled it down nicely in that little piece there for us. And, it, and it's, it, like you say, John, it is fascinating that someone from the outside looking in can sort of see it. You can see the almost like the facade of a team that's doing OK because they're in the Premier League. But actually, when you take a closer look under, under the microscope, they just look a bit disparate, a bit of a bunch of, of people who aren't really connected. They aren't really, they're not in tune. They're not really pulling in the right direction. And that's really what we've seen week in, week out. And it's interesting that, that Jackie was able to see it so, so clearly. And I think she actually felt quite despondent on our behalf. Yes, that was a, that, her, her feeling for us. was, yeah. was very nice. It was lovely to hear that she wasn't sort of taunting, which is, a, which we, which, no, which is what you it. normally get from other fans when you see them on social media. And that's the, that's the sort of other fans feeling. Lots of fans, what the fans quickly get when people are taking the mickey out of you, saying, oh, you're embarrassing. Well, that's not embarrassing. Was, Walking around with your pants around your trousers, around your ankles, that's embarrassing. Well, not being a great footballer. Well, yeah, but... <laughs> uh, but I hate people say, oh, it was, that's an embarrassing performance. No, it's frustrating. It was, it's ugly. Well, look, I don't think I'm embarrassed by it. I, well, I thought it was quite humiliating, actually, getting 3-0 getting down in a game where you should be fighting for, for staying in the division and you had the game's gone after 20 minutes. It is, is a little bit embarrassing. But what, in, in talking to Jackie before the game, I said, we face problems as Watford because we can't attract perhaps the, the best players. And she pulled me up on that and said, look, you should be able to... Watford's a great club. Watford has got a lot to offer players, it's got a great fan base, it's a great club, it should be attracting good enough players to perform well in this division. And she was very, very strong on that and called me out on it, that I was a bit sort of, oh, you know, we're, we're little old Watford. And she was like, no, you're not, you should be doing better. And it was really interesting and perhaps a little bit of a wake-up call for me personally, who perhaps is a little bit sanguine about the whole thing and too easy to sort of accept the, the, the direction we're going in we're, we're sort of slipping out of the division I'm like well okay well we've still got a club to support it's great yeah. to come with mum and dad I, I, I enjoy everything about going to the football the, the, the match itself is, is often the, the least enjoyable bit so I'm lucky in as much as I've got a lot going on around it we do the podcast there's other bits and bobs going on we've got good friends that come to but actually the, the pitch what happens on the pitch is really important and some, perhaps I've been a little bit too easy on the on us not getting that right this season and and yeah it's um just hearing someone who's qualified like Jackie she's watched a lot of football she's been to a lot of clubs every division she's been doing it for for a long long time she knows her onions knows Watford because you know we, uh, she's, she's seen a lot of us and she she thinks we deserve better she thinks we should be doing better and I think yeah, a bit of a wake-up call for me personally, I think. But, yeah, thanks as always to Jackie for, for getting in touch. Yeah. And uh, now, of course, will this be a wake-up call for Watford season? Will these things, will it be a, a good game for Watford? Uh, Eli's here. Eli, what do you think about the game today? What's the score going to be? Uh, it's a mystery, I'd say. <laughs> He's not a betting man yet, are you, Eli? Arlo, how are you feeling into, into this game? We're outside St Mary's now. There's a bit of time to go. Are you... You know, forgetting like what happened a few days ago, today how are you feeling? 
well, I'm not feeling as confident seeing the performance away at Wolves. But were, you, were you more confident going into Wolves, though, or about the same? Yeah, I was more confident going okay. into Wolves. But now I think it's actually going to help it's gonna make them push harder this game, and I think they're going to win 2-1. 2-1, you heard it here first. We'll see what happens. We're going to try and track down Anne, have a, a word with her, her, find out what it was like to have a stand named after you, uh, as it was the uh, the other week when Watford played at home to Brighton, and it's now, of course, the Anne Swanson family stand, uh, and how she's found today, taking a bunch of young Watford fans, plus a bunch of old Watford fans who were young Watford fans when she used to take these coach trips. Uh, we'll find out how the day's been going for her, and, and maybe catch up with a, a few friends as we head into St Mary's. There you go. There you go. We're not outside St Mary's because, well, we got a bit busy and everything going on with the day, but we're now outside back at Vicarage Road as we started at nine o'clock this morning outside the Hornet shop. We like to record this podcast most of the time. Um, Arlo, how many big cheers did we get today? Five. What, what, what five? It's only, it's only two, one. Um, well, when James Warbrows missed his free kick. <laughs> yes. Well, when, when we won. Two, two. The two goals. Three, four. And when we got that throw in right at the end down in their heart. <laughs> I, love that. I love that. He was saying to me, and Flo was saying the same thing, saying, you know we can cheer at that stage because you know how you got a, you just have that innate sense of how long's left in the game. You know it's all the way down there. And finally, 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 we can relax and enjoy it. Five cheers, one game. Love it. <laughs> the strangest game I've ever been to this season, Watford, because... They won. We won, <laughs> but we went ahead convincingly, convincingly, yeah. bar about five minutes at the beginning where, I wouldn't say that they Southampton were pressing us, but we, were, we weren't doing anything. But then, that then, that front three led by Cucho Hernandez go and put some pressure on and score a couple of beauties. Yeah, it was, it was quite funny. I was laughing at myself, really. I had such a lovely day getting there and seeing all the kids, the Junior Hornets, seeing Anne, talking to all the excited faces, getting there nice and early. The sun was shining, yeah. getting to the ground. People were taking their layers off and it was yellow shirts everywhere. It was almost like the first day of the season, sort yeah. of full of hope and, and, and excitement. And then the game started and I was like... Oh, yeah. <laughs> Only to, you went, oh, yeah. We've got to watch Watford play. And to start with, it felt like, oh, dear, they're, they're going to find this pretty difficult. It's, it looks like it's going to pan out how we expected Southampton looking at the better side. But to be honest, that didn't last long. I think it lasted maybe three or four or five minutes before it started to look like, oh, hang on a minute, Southampton aren't really at the races here. Um, and Watford fans were sort of jokingly getting the LA's out yeah, every but, time we passed at the ball. But there was a great little banter between the Watford fans and the Southampton fans. So the Southampton loud lot are right next to the away end and they were sort of chanting and we were sort of, you know, we're, how miss you be, we're, we're drawing away. You know, and there was just lots of great fun and I really enjoyed that bit at least because yeah. it was nil-nil but the, the camaraderie between all the Watford fans, we all know where we're at at yeah. this point. But then, but then, that high pressing, and it, well, the, the first goal, yeah. there's, there's a, 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 a leg out from Jao Pedro, could have got in the way, didn't, he's laying on the floor, feeling sorry for himself, then a 
very weak back pass yeah. to, to Forster and in goes Cucho to nab it to go around him and to slot it in the joy of that moment maybe again because we're here with all the kids and, and the junior Hornets but um, him growing even more and, and his whole performance we'll talk about the second goal in a minute but his whole performance he's growing so much into a Premier League player well reserve judgment on whether he's grown into a Premier League but growing well, growing into it he, yeah. he looked like a Premier League footballer today he took two two well taken really really good goals and, and earned his side a, a win I think what was what was interesting just to go back to the allays yeah. and, and the nice atmosphere you were talking about it was kind of like a bit of a joke like a bit of a not a joke but almost like a yeah. pre-season end of season not a friendly but that sort of vibe and then all of a sudden it was like oh hang on a minute and almost as the allays stopped Watford started pressing and, they, and we thought, oh, hang on a minute, something good could happen here. And the players thought, right, something good could happen here. And as you described, they, they, pressured, they pressured Southampton, they chased them down, they didn't let them play their own, the ball around in front of their own area. And ultimately, they forced a mistake. It was a terrible back pass. Um, and Cucho Hernandez nipped in, had loads and loads of work to do, went round the goalkeeper. Uh, and I had visions of, I think it was Josh King away at the Emirates, where he did the same thing, nipped in. Uh, early in the, I think, was it early? In the, no, it was in the second half, wasn't it? But he had a lot to do and had to slide it home and he got his geometry all wrong and, it, and he missed it. Not a bit of it from Cucho. Skipped round uh, Fraser Forster and, and slotted it. And as you say, what was a lovely afternoon already uh, went up a couple of notches. The atmosphere was absolutely tremendous. Got a text actually from Kelly on the, on the way home and she said she's gutted because she's not there. All she could hear was the Watford fans, which is lovely to, to, to hear that it felt amazing. And from those watching on from afar, it, it looked and sounded it as well. But yeah, a great goal and, and really, really deserved. Watford woke up first on a sort of sleepy, sunny yeah. Sunday at St Mary's. <laughs> uh, they really woke up. And the second goal, I think, was the most impressive goal. You know, Jason talked last week that he's got one and two out of the goals this season. I think he's got one, two and three uh, after that one. The, the whole attack... Was from the whole team. Jao Pedro was forcing himself into the game, definitely playing a bit wider. Dennis was causing some issues, not always making Dennis the right choices. Dennis. Yeah, Dennis being Dennis. But even the midfield, the, my worry because of Kuchka coming in and you know, a change there, but it worked, it flowed, they were working with each other. Midfield wise, though, loser just going from strength to strength. Yeah. yeah, you mentioned players looking every inch the Premier League player. He now, for me, is starting to look like that. He like we said, I think, in one of the previous podcasts recently, he wants the ball, he owns the ball, and he's like Tom Brady in that quarterback role. Looks like he's got so much time. Even if the blitz is coming, he's so confident, he's still looking around, looking to make a play. And that, that's where loser's at for me. He looks like he's really got the bit between his teeth. He's no shrinking violet either. He's a, he's a tough little so-and-so, but he's got that little bit of guile and style. And he was, uh, yeah, he was pulling the strings again today. Uh, Sissoko was... was was good doing Sissoko stuff, getting his long legs in the in the way, breaking up play, being being strong. And I think a word really for for Uri Kutska, who we who after a sort of looking good in the first game of the season, we thought well he's one that's not really up to scratch. But 
he's come in today after a after a prolonged spell on the sidelines, and I thought he he mm. performed really well. There could be the sunshine and the delight of it all getting <laughs> getting to me, but uh, and he did have two decent chances. He had a chance to make it three, oh, right. but it was his ball in Kutskas for yeah. for Hernandez. It was a really really nice volley. He had a lot to do. He sort of had to he had to hit it hard enough and to guide it in. I think it was all with the outside of his outside of his boot to make sure that he uh, his body shape was right to get the get it on on target and keep it down. Brilliant goal set up by Kuzco. I think it's not often we've said it this season. I think it was it was good performance from him today. Oh, I'm blaming you, Michael, for, yeah. for their goal. There's all these things that we do as football fans. We think many things, but we don't say them out loud. We don't say them out loud because if we say them out loud, then they'll come true. We were getting a lot of free kicks in and around that box. We were and giving away. We were, yeah, we were giving away. Yeah, so, uh, giving away a lot of free kicks outside our box, and they've got James Ward-Prowse. Yeah, and it, it was frustrating. It was down there, right, our left. Probably three or four we'd, yeah. we'd given away, and then we finally gave another one away. And it was probably the most needless of all. Emmanuel Dennis sort of out. It was Emmanuel Dennis, I think, yes, that gave, did, the, yeah. gave the free kick away. I named the guy probably won it, but he didn't need to. He didn't need to foul him. We didn't need to give him an opportunity to go down and, and earn the foul. And yeah, he'd had what three sighters before that, and you know his delivery is, is tremendous. James Ward Prowse is no surprise to. To anyone, and yeah, he swung one in, and uh, yeah, the guy slid it, slid it back across the face, and, and 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 into the goal, and it felt like that was the one thing that we didn't really want to be doing was give them lots of um, lots of set pieces with James Ward Prowse around, and whilst the performance was good in the first half, and Watford were definitely worth their two goal advantage comfortably, it was frustrating that we'd sort of done something that we knew we shouldn't, and allowed them a way back in, and it felt. I wouldn't say it was massively dispiriting and it wasn't no. despondent at half-time, but it was like, oh, this feels so Watford this season. And we went in a little bit... So what was, I thought was telling, Hassan Hootel made a change at half-time, which sort of confirmed our view that we were well in the ascendancy, I think. And the uh, second half, it's always hard as a Watford fan to watch Watford hang on. Yeah. But actually, now I think back at it and I look at it, and we weren't really hanging on. They weren't really pushing us. They had their possibilities. And as Arlo said, there was a big cheer when James Ward-Prowse put his uh, shot in and over yeah. uh, from a free kick and near the end of the game. They weren't really getting things going. They were making all the attacking substitutions and none of them paid off. We still had the opportunities there to, to get it. Yep. And we held it off because of that defence. And I said to you, halfway through the second half, oh, yeah. Christian Cabaselli. Yeah. Completely yeah. forgotten about him and, and trying to evaluate his performance next to Samir. Yeah. But the def- defensively, never got really caught out. No, and I think Southampton had an off day, I think. Uh, I was wondering how they would bounce back. They had a poor result. They've had a couple of poor results, haven't they, recently? But they definitely had an off day. I think the, the second half really caught fire early on. It was got, got quite feisty quite quickly. Southampton had a, a clutch of corners very early on in the, in the second half, which, as you say, John, we, we defended really, really well. It got a little bit of argy-bargy as the, as the game went on. The, the intensity rose in the stands and on the, on the pitch, which is great. You know, it's what you want from an away day. You want a good atmosphere and you want, you want fireworks. Fireworks is probably pushing it a little bit, but you want <laughs> stuff happening on the pitch to get the old blood pumping. And... Yeah, after that initial flurry of corners, I think probably the best chances came to us. So there was a spell late on from 70 minutes to 80 where we had three really good chances. Kutska had one decent shot, well saved yeah. by Forster. Um, Hernandez had a chance. It probably hard to see how far out he was, quite a long way. Miscued it horribly, went, went out and, uh, for, for a goal kick. And then Dennis screwed one wide as well. So 
for all the sort of intensity that Southampton did manage to ramp up to a degree, it was us that had the, the better chances until Ward Prowse got that, that late free kick, which we, we defended. And then, it, then there was seven minutes, <laughs> seven minutes, which turned into nine or ten minutes of injury time. And Barlow just looked at me and went, this is agony. <laughs> I was like, mate. You've got about, hopefully, about another 70 years of this. Yeah, definitely. It was, yeah, that, the, the, then there was that foul, or the, the, the injury in the Watford box, which added even more to it. It was, it was, it was hard and intense and brain user-upping energy. But we got there. We did. We got there, and we got a 2-1 away win at Southampton. Tremendous. Uh, and as Eli keeps looking, we're not quite out of the bottom three. Um, but, uh, hey, it's three points, and we'll take all of those we can get as we can get it. Well earned as well. I think it's important to give credit to, to, that, to that team today. We have been very quick, me in particular, quick to criticise. Uh, and to a man, I thought today they, they had to work hard. We've said Southampton were out of sorts. They absolutely were. But they had to stick with it. So credit's where, credit where credit is due. They've delivered a special result, a special performance on what's been a pretty special day, really. This episode is supported by Season 3 of FX's Welcome to Wrexham. Celebrity owners Rob McElhenney and Ryan Reynolds' small-town Welsh football club has finally been promoted into League Two after 15 seasons in the National League. Dedicated staff and supporters celebrate the city's return to glory while bracing for the newfound challenges that come with being in a higher division. Will Wrexham AFC stand up to the challenges and rise again into League One? FX is welcome to Wrexham. Premieres May 2nd on FX. Stream on Hulu. From the Rookery End... A podcast about life following Watford FC. Yeah, really special day for Watford fans, uh, particularly being on the bus today with Anne, seeing her in her pomp, uh, almost what she used to be like in the in the 1980s when we were junior Hornets, uh, and seeing her around the ground with all the now junior Hornets uh, and how she sort of looked was looking after them. You know, it was great for us. You know, how she was talking to Arlo and to Eli and. And you know, really getting them involved with holding the Junior Hornets flag up. And they all had an amazing day. And I caught up with her on the bus, on the way back, uh, to see how the day went for her and how she's feeling since her uh, annou- the, out- the announcement that she's going to have a stand named after her. How, how was it today then for you? Brilliant. Lovely. Just seeing the little ones, that meant more to me than seeing the players. But... I thought the players reacted ever so well today and they smiled and it made us smile, didn't it? So, yes, it was lovely. Rolling back the years with your away trips, for me they were the most important thing, the coach trips, because you could go to the home games with your dad or I'd go with my dad and that was always going to happen and there was the whole thing of the family enclosure, but the special bits were the away trips with the coach. Without your parents. And, yeah, they just trusted me to look after them and... It was good. Were they, though, the best thing for you back then? Looking back now, yes. But at the time, I was saying to Barry, it <clears throat> start at 8 o'clock in the morning. And like when we went to Blackpool, getting home 1, 2 in the morning, yeah. it's a long day and it's up here. Yeah. Are the kids all right? If they were sick, what do you do? When they got injured at playing football, I did enjoy the away games. Yeah. See, that away, that, that Blackpool trip, that was an add-on, wasn't it? We went to Stoke. We played matches at Stoke, had a meal, and then went on to Blackpool. But how did the parents know? 
that we were going to be a bit late, or did they? Oh, they, it, oh, they, it was organised. Oh, okay. Yeah, I mean, his mum... <laughs> You're joking. You mean to say I took all those kids to Blackpool and the parents didn't know? <laughs> but let's talk about the, the, the day you found out you had the a stand named after you. Oh. You had no idea, did you? I had no idea. I thought I was going on the pitch because they asked me to be patron of the Junior Hornet. And that went all very well. And then all of a sudden Tim said... The directors have got something to surprise you with. Well, when he said, I just, oh, I was blown away. I just, in a month of Sundays, I would never, ever, John, have thought, because if you remember, when they named Graham Taylor and Elton Johnston, there was talk of naming the Vicarage Road End yeah. and they wanted suggestions and it was Luther Blissett John Barn and my name was mentioned and I, but no, never in a month of Sundays no. uh, It was for, but then, you know, we spoke, last time we spoke and we interviewed, I came to your house, we, we, yeah. we chatted you know, you sort of said, the way you left the club, I mean, at that point when I spoke to you, you had come back to the club, but not in the way that you are now, no. and your exit had been for you. Heartbreaking. Yeah, heartbreaking. Yeah. How does that feel though now? I think I am back in the fold, and where is Brian Blower? <laughs> yeah. Who? <laughs> and his kind sidekick. So that answers all my questions. Mm. You know, it's taken thirty years, John, but you can't couldn't be kinder to me now I sit where I like I get the tickets when I like I have my own personal carer <laughs> not many people have that do they you like they've been wonderful and they make such a fuss of me don't they I mean actually coming the coach was far more relaxing than we thought well, it's been wonderful for me because it's the first time I've been to an away game and I haven't had to look after the kids <laughs> and there's him up and down like a thing Get down there and put that flag up. Go and get the kids. Oh, in good time, in good time. See, that wasn't me. I wanted things done. Yeah. But I did have to send the dads down to hold up the corners. Yeah. Because you didn't think of that. Yeah. You you were very much uh, in charge and still doing what you used to do. (laughs) Do you not think that's the police coming out in me? Just Anne Swanson. You wouldn't change me, would you, Eli? No. So it's been a fantastic few weeks with everything that's sort of gone on. What's and I must say, the number of people that have come up and shook my hand and said thank you for all you've done, that means a lot to me too because I enjoyed it. I had heartbreak at the end, but I'm back now and unfortunately I'm that much older and I can't do, John, what I used to do. Struggle getting up and down, and, but these others are good. But the thing is, like I say, for me, I was—I completely forgotten about the the Wolves game because I was so focused on bringing Eli on the coach with you and all this sort of day that we're doing. And have now. you enjoyed it? Well, oh yeah, yes. And then the win was just a nice bonus on it. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. What? But why did we have eleven minutes? <laughs> well, one because um, the injury. Yes. Begin with seven. So begin with all about, didn't they? Yeah, and the ref had no clue of the time 
Well. And the linesman didn't help the ref, did he? But are we biased? No. Yeah, we really are, Eli. <laughs> but it doesn't matter now, does it? Because we've got two, we've got the three points. We've got the yeah. three points and we've moved up one place. Just got to get the goal difference right. Yeah. I don't think John... T- uh, no, no. What's his name? Frank Lampard will last long at Everton. <clears throat> I thought on Friday when I heard Kenny Jacket was going to the club, I honestly believed on Thursday night, Friday, that Kenny Jacket would be asked to take over and Hodgson would be sacked. I honestly believe, in fact, I said to you, didn't I? Because I thought Cisco was wonderful. I thought he was a young Graham Taylor. And wasn't it brilliant that they all clapped for Graham today? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought he'd like that a bit. Yeah. yeah. So- Your dad enjoyed the happy times, and I hope you enjoy happy times in the future. You and Arlo, just remember, try and remember, because they are special days. And Watford need little ones like you to grow up and keep supporting. And I will look forward to seeing you again. John, it's been lovely to see you lovely again. To see you. Lovely to meet you. <laughs> We're the Orns, you're the Orns. Come on, you Orns! The coach was wonderful. It was a, a very relaxing day out, and the the feeling around it, not just the the practical side of it being a much more relaxing away trip because of the coach the the atmosphere on that coach um, yeah. was was really beautiful and just a, and, a, and another word for Anne I don't think we can really highlight enough what a formidable yet wonderfully caring tremendous woman she is I was talking to her before before the game and she was distracted not because I'm boring <laughs> well yes I'm boring but she was just looking at the sea of little people in yellow and black just having a whale of a time and you could tell it just made her so happy and so proud and we've talked a lot about how this team has struggled when you've got people involved in a club like that I don't really think you can go far wrong yes you want your team to win yes you want to turn the telly on and see them score score goals and play well but there's so much more to it than the results and just seeing her face uh, was joyous it was just such a beautiful beautiful thing the care she has for this club the care she has for these for these kids and the importance she understands of the next generation coming through of feeling that connection to a football club without that connection no one you don't care and to forge that connection the way that they will have done today for so many so many youngsters and their families is genuinely genuinely magical and I'm so impressed and proud and pleased to have been a part of it and to see it see it firsthand. Yeah, thank you to Anne of course, but thanks to everyone at the club who who organised this and, and put this on and, and have you know, I think it's the first of many, I think. It's just making that, that happen and work. and if you haven't haven't signed up for Junior Hornet then you have children of uh, uh, children age uh, then do go to the whatfulfc.com and, 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 and get them signed up because I'm sure the, the revitalised Junior Hornets are going to grow and grow and grow. Uh, by the way, any of the binging and banging noise you've heard in the background there's Anne now. <laughs> um, 
the bing and the banging of the, around here right now, that's uh, because the, the boys were given a Junior Hornets little ball, which they're now kicking around the Graham Taylor statue as we record this. We've got a couple of weeks off because oh, of the FA Cup. No thinking about the next game for a good while, and I don't really think about that one either. No. It's just against Liverpool away. Um, but we'll get, keep doing some podcasts and there's some, hopefully some nice bits over the next couple of weeks for you, so please do subscribe and tell your friends. Um, thank you very much, Mike. Oh, not at all. Thank you, John. Wonderful company as always, my friend. Oh, it's always enjoyable. Uh, and of course, maybe if you're not subscribed to The Athletic, uh, then you can go to athletic.com forward slash rookery end to sign up. Uh, if you want to read Mike's piece that he's been writing on the way home, uh, that will be out there on, uh, on Monday, uh, please again go to theathletic.com forward slash rookery end and even just sign up for a seven day free trial and have a look at uh, what it's all about. Um, but it's been uh, a win for Watford and that makes it a fantastic day. And we'll leave the end of this podcast to the Junior Hornets. The Athletic.